Hi everyone, this is Diva from Blood Hunter and you're listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and bands that shape metal. Please visit our website, The Metal Pit, at www.themetalpit.org, where you'll find uh, album reviews, interviews, live show reviews. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Metal Pit. And for video interviews, video shorts, and audio versions of this podcast, please uh, visit our YouTube channel at The Metal Pit 666. And as always, if you have any album suggestions or comments, please share with us via email uh, at info at org. So I'm your host today, Billy, filling in for uh, Blake. Um, I'm joined by my two uh, co-writers at The Metal Pit, Jim and Ken. Uh, how are you guys doing today, Jim Ken? Awesome. We're good. Good. I made it sound like you guys are one person, Jim Ken. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, so yeah, so you guys are fresh off the uh, Man of War podcast last week. Uh, that was great. I, I had a chance to... Um, to listen to that uh enjoyed that and then of course the three of us uh recently completed the blind guardian podcast uh what was that probably two weeks ago um so yeah so so i think uh we've got a a cool topic for today uh we're, we're going from like power metal to uh the world of death metal um so so our our band is death uh, and the album is uh, from 1990 Spiritual Healing Record. Um, so classic uh, death album. Uh, as always, we're going to discuss the album, the tracks, some other interesting points. Uh, and then we'll uh, come back towards the end and rank the uh, death catalog. Um, so before we do that, just going to uh, give a bit of history about death and, you know, I mean, just such an influential band that, that you know, I've tried to narrow it down to the uh, Coles version because uh, there's a lot to say here, but of course, Death was formed uh, in Florida in the mid-1980s by Chuck uh, Schuldiner. Um, and of course, Chuck is the uh, lead songwriter, vocalist, and guitar player, uh, and largely single-handedly the, the main guy on the first uh, album, at least. Um, and so when it comes to uh, death metal, uh, now this could be its own podcast, I'm sure, but you know, many will say Death is the first uh, death metal band. Uh, some might debate it's possessed but uh that again that could be a whole other podcast um you know from from a, a lineup perspective probably more than any other band uh death has had a, a revolving door of musicians uh the good thing is chuck is always able to to bring together the absolute best talent in metal um and so you know that's one reason why i personally think death is such an amazing band because uh, every single musician you know especially uh, as the uh, you know the death catalog progresses uh, you just have so much talent um 
And then, of course, the death sound started as like very much uh, raw death metal. And then, you know, by the end, it had progressed to like full technical progressive metal. Uh, so a big change in sound. Uh, seven studio albums, the first being uh, Scream Bloody Gore in 1987. Uh, right after death, uh, that the last death album, Chuck had formed uh, Control Denied. Uh, that was very much uh, his interest interest in wanting to step away from the the borders or the boundaries of death uh, he didn't want the death metal vocals anymore he wanted to step away so that's where control denied started and then you know very sadly you know chuck passed away in 2001 from brain cancer um and then we're all left wondering you know obviously where would have chuck's amazing music went uh what direction had he lived longer so sadly uh we'll never Never know um so that's kind of I, I think gives a, a quick overview anything jim ken you'd want to add uh in terms of uh history to, uh, around death no i think you got uh, it just, all yeah yeah go ahead Ken. It's cool uh, no i'm just gonna my only point was that there was a time when he did when he did uh, come to toronto to play with slaughter remember oh. at the early beginning of oh. early beginning of death remember that he actually yeah, yeah. uh Dave Houston invited him to come to Toronto to play. So he actually did migrate for a brief time from Florida, Toronto, yeah. to death, but he didn't enjoy the experience. And then yeah, I forgot about it. Like, it lasted what? Like <laughs> something like a month or a couple of weeks? Yeah, like very, very short time. And this was at the beginning, I think, when Slaughter, I think this would have been when after Scream Body Gore or maybe before. I'm not quite sure. It's around 86, 87 when that happened. And he left and went back to uh, Florida. Okay. I don't suppose you I don't even know if they played many shows. I don't suppose you saw them. Did you get? No, I, I didn't. I looked it up to see if there was any shows. I don't think so. Well, maybe I not. think it was a lot of rehearsals and demos, but then he eventually just left. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that. Nice ad. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, a interesting uh, point for sure. Okay. Uh, so with the uh, history done, and of course, you know, uh, getting uh, uh, past the, the sad news of the uh, death history, obviously, uh, I think it makes sense to sort of let's talk about death and uh, celebrate Chuck's music as it uh, deserves to be. Um, so maybe before we get into the album, let's just start with where we discovered uh, the band Death. Uh, I'm sure we have some uh, some good stories there. Uh, Jim, how about you kick that off? Oh, yeah, it was probably uh, late, like, 89 for the Leprosy album that was released in 88. I mean, like, like, I've talked about this many times. You go into the, you know, the young people today don't have that adrenaline rush of oh. record releases and going into the record store on a weekly basis and seeing these cool cover art that, you know, you generally haven't really heard the music before because you didn't just look it up on your phone. You had no phone or you had no internet or anything like that. So, you know, you walk in and you see that album cover leprosy. And I was like, okay, I'm buying that. And, you know, took it home and it was amazing. And, uh, you know, went back and got uh, scream bloody gore on cassette. I still have my cassette. And then since, you know, that cemented me as a fan and, you know, with the death metal sound, I think, uh, you know, like I'm a huge thrash and death metal enthusiast, you know, as well as traditional power metal and that. But these two genres really, really speak to me. And I, a huge obituary fan, I think like, you know, I would have picked up Slowly We Rot uh, not long or around that time. And, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, 
those bands are awesome and the the floridian death metal i kind of call it a, even a movement because it seems to be where the birthplace of a lot of these bands come from you know you have hellwitch from down there um you know you've got a you got a, a really big you know cannibal corpse you've got a a huge uh a huge a group of uh death metal artists so i mean it's definitely you know this floridian sound that has come through and now you get to enjoy it you know in all like there's german death metal bands there's swedish there's norwegian there's all kinds so it's you know and they still have hints of those early pioneers in there as well as as you brought up possessed as well with i think it was seven churches was the uh one that everybody debates which one was the first one but for me definitely leprosy and uh you know awesome album cool okay yeah, same here. Like like Jim, the visual aspect of the band is what I got into first. So uh, back in the late '80s, I was going to I was actually going to art school. So I started art school here in Toronto, Ontario College of Art. So you start seeing all the art. So I used to go with a record peddler, and that's where I first discovered Death. Like Scream Bloody Gore was the first album I actually seen. I saw that vinyl cover, and it was like, holy cow! It, yeah, it blew <laughs> me away. Um, I bought the cassettes and. It started for me, I was always buying cassettes back then. And it just it just basically led from there. So like I'd go into Record Peddler, wait for the next death album to come out, and lo and behold, there it was. And you know, you're all in your kind of uh gory, bloody go- glory with all this kind of stuff. So for me, it was it's always been the art. Uh Ed Repka is such a great artist. I, I love all the, the the death and thrash albums that he uh yeah. illustrated back in the day. I mean, I was yeah. I always associated like art and metal and horror movies all in the same kind of um, melting pot for me. So that's always been my association with death. And every album has just been an experience like from the get go. Yeah, no, I mean, mine's the same thing, right? Like walk into the record store, uh, there's uh, Scream Bloody Gore sitting on the vinyl rack. Uh, I mean, what young sort of teenager wouldn't be uh, drawn to that, right? So pick it up, pay for it, bring it home. Wow, this is cool. Like for me, it was my first sort of experience with death metal for sure. Uh, And then grew to love, you know, because, you know, some of my other favorites like uh, Obituary and Morbid Angel were more like uh 89 right so they, they came yeah. like, uh, a couple of you know a few years after um but yeah that you know i, I was going to mention that the uh, ed repka artwork and um I, I always wondered why they stopped using them after three albums right because he did leprosy scream and uh spiritual healing mm-hmm. um and then that was it and maybe it was just because they were switching to progressive they wanted uh you know with human they wanted something new um i think that's yeah, it. i yeah, miss yeah, Ed's yeah, artwork i think that's it <laughs> yeah. you're right i think you can see the music was changing from just typical kind of thrashy death to more yeah. like progressive tech de- death metal so yeah. i think that the album comers later on very much very much um show that they were making that change i see that you got you got them behind you in your setup there billy yeah i'm looking at them to <laughs> refresh my memory <laughs> because i know he handpicked the artist for human Oh, he did? He yes, he did. And he handpicked the artist for Symbolic for both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so the, they were, uh, they the were obscure artists. is pretty cool, the artwork, too. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's different. But yeah, he, he actually handpicked those artists that, that we're talking about for Human and Symbolic. Um, they were more obscure artists, but, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, I know. 
Okay, cool. No, sounds good. Uh, okay, so yeah, we, we have pretty much three people with the uh, same experience. <laughs> I guess maybe not a surprise. We're three fifty-year-old uh, uh, approximately <laughs> males who 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 love yep. heavy metal to this day. So uh, maybe yeah. no surprise there. <laughs> nope. Uh, okay, cool. So, so let's uh, deep dive into uh, this great album, Spiritual Healing. Uh, I always found, found it interesting just before we go, uh, like, you know, at, when I'm at shows or like talking with people, I mean, people are generally, I find a fan of you know, the, the first two albums uh, or the later albums, you know, people often love spiritual healing or they don't like it. Uh, like it just, views are so mixed. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, so we'll rank it and see where we uh, put it. But I just find it, uh, people are so divided on the best death album. Yep. Okay. For I sure. can see that. But you know what? I mean, I mean, I, I don't think Death has ever made a bad album, to be honest. No. So, no, somebody not at all. says they like these three, and someone else says they like <laughs> those three. I love all those six. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, okay, so let's uh, uh, talk about the first song uh, on spiritual healing, living monstros uh, monstrosity. Uh, how about Ken? You want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. This is a really good song for an opener. Um, what I like about this is that, well, it's in-depth lyrics. So you're getting something that's a much more stronger uh, palette for, for him, for Chuck. Um, and the other big thing that you're going to get off the bat is because you have James Murphy, you're going to get a lot of great melodic leads. You're going to get a lot of uh, progressive guitars. It's going to be a lot heavier sounding than you would have got with Leprosy and when they had Rick Ross. So obviously when they fired Rick and then they brought in, uh, brought in James, there's a a big, big change in the sound right from the get-go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you start moving away from the verse chorus of the first two albums, well, the, of the first album for sure. And then you start going into this like test deck guitar driven sound. And I love this song. This song is so great because you get James, he's going down with, with the fast riffs there at the beginning, the breakdown right in the middle of the song. And what's what's great about this song too, for me is not just the, the music, but the lyrics like, Basically, yeah. it's about cocaine and about the he's waxing on the idea of like people who have that habit giving children or giving birth to children who then kind of carry on that legacy of having cocaine or being hooked on cocaine. So it's such a great for a death metal song. And it's it's interesting because it's like I don't you didn't hear too many death metal albums starting out with that with those kind of lyrics, socially charged lyrics for the time. But it's a great opener. Yeah. yeah. Jim, how about you? Yeah, it, it, I mean, this album, I think it's funny because people, you're right, Ken, when you and uh, Billy, when you say a lot of people have mixed reviews on this album. I mean, Human came out a year later and then they had changed. I feel this was more of a maturing phase because remember, like Chuck started when he was 16. So, you know, like when his first project and then boom it's like you know it's, you got scream and then you've got leprosy and then you've got this and and i agree with what ken said where and i get the feeling it's a little bit more maturing so this album here has a lot of what i thought reading a lot of the lyrics in that of the sign of kind of the social news issues of the time and it's it's very kind of in a weird way like billy joel's we didn't start the fire towards the end of that song where they was heading into, you know, 
the eighties and that, and he was explaining and it was getting more and more depressing because there, it was mostly wars and drug abuse and stuff, all that stuff. Um, you know, when he was listing it off, it's kind of like that because this album, every song on it has that sort of message with it. And yeah, as Ken said, this is, you know, addicted, uh, uh, parents having babies born with addiction and it's a living monstrosity. I mean, it's got great vote. The vocals are awesome. Uh, you know, it really mature sounding. I think it's got, I mean, the song itself just kicks ass. I mean, that it's got a really good punk groove to it. Um, that guitar riff is amazing. It's, and it's chugging. And I, I mean, this is an awesome, what a way to start off an album, but the message in there is really, really good. Mm. And, and, you know, every song, there's pretty much a message in it, including the cover of the album gives, gives some of it away. So, you know, uh, it, it's pretty cool. No, I love that song. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, no, I I feel the same way. Um, and for me, I, I think like the first thing that comes to that hits me is kind of Chuck's uh, vocal approach, right? Like yeah. he's, yeah. you know, yeah. one, you can understand him like quite clearly, <laughs> uh, which is good because he's got something to say, right? As you and Ken were, were just talking about. So there's something, you know, he's got some cool lyrics here. So let's hear him. And, and he's actually on the verge of singing uh, as opposed to sort of yeah. doing more growling type thing. So uh, I think think that's uh for me that, that that's a big part of of why i like this album uh maybe better than the uh, first two i think the production uh is a bit more mature and cleaner yeah um you know the uh and as always for death right like it's all about the riffs right like chuck's riffs like his ability to sort of they're so hooky uh they just go out and grab you right like you know and many yeah. you know death metal bands is oh they're there's one good hook there in that song, but like you got you got hooks all over the place in these uh, these songs. Um, and again, you know, no disrespect to to Rick Ross, he was the you know I'm sure the right guy at that time. But you know, putting James in, you know, definitely uh, uh, an upgrade in the guitar. And again, I think like Bill Andrews does a great job uh, on the kit, right? Like it's interesting drumming. Uh, he's doing a, a really good job. Um, and then just sort of a little stat uh, I'll throw out there uh, from a live perspective. This is actually their most uh, played uh, song live on this album, uh, mm. although it, it barely makes the death top 10, uh, but it's the most uh, played uh, death, song, uh, death song from Spiritual Healing. Mm. Well, uh, the, the top one, two, three songs live uh, are sort of coming from the first two albums. Uh, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. So uh, next up, we have Altering the Future. Uh, Jim, how about you on this one? Yeah, this is this is another cool song. I mean, the whole album, I this is one of my favorite, uh, excuse me, death albums. <clears throat> I like it. I like the purity. Um, I like the writing in it, and it's really good. I mean, I love the first first couple but uh this is an amazing album you know altering the future has a wicked drum line in it uh yeah. you know i love the change-ups in it it's awesome uh you know i think it's more this is more of reflective again of something of the time which really hasn't gone away but it's more reflective of maybe an abortion issue you yeah. know altering life somebody born into a troubled life what, what 
do we do to fix it or do we fix it right from the start or whatever i i think it's got it, it that's what i get out of it but it's really like again you're in song two here another just ripper of a song and it's got a really cool message you know it, it's safe to say too in his eulogy for chuck uh, i was written that he's a lover of life friendship and animals and you know i think it's good to say that this guy wasn't you know uh <laughs> like everybody thought okay the band death holy cow and then we have death and you know and and these guys are i mean these are just regular guys who love everything that everybody else does they just have just like us we like their heavy music and i think uh it's got a great message and uh you know this album like i say every song on it's got a, a really cool message and story to it yeah no well said ken how about you yeah i think the vocals you mentioned it billy like the vocals are very shrill um they're very deep deep sounding and what i like about it is that there is a lot more clarity with, with the style so you do hear the 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 words what i do notice yeah. on the on the songs and you, you'll get all through the tracks he'll have a very shrill scream that accentuates maybe a phrase or it falls with a phrase and i've noticed it and it really and it really brings those lyrics to the forefront mm. and that's what i love yeah. about this album that's i think this is why it's my favorite death album it's just because nice. it's the way he handles those screams that scream is just chilling but it yeah. works. It works for the song. And I don't think I've heard of any death metal vocalist at the time singing in that style. And that's what yeah. I noticed about this about this album. And that's the one thing I, I do love about this song in particular as well. Yeah, Agreed. Yeah, I agree completely. Um yeah, another another great song on the album. Uh you know, I, I I, you may have been alluding to this, uh, Jim, but like for me, the the best parts uh, of each song is actually, you know, repeats itself in all the songs. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think we're going to maybe yeah. sound a bit repetitive here. Uh, but, you know, I, I, again, just, you know, it, it's about the maturity of uh, Chuck's songwriting. Um, like, you know, it's obviously progressed. Um, like his ability to, to introduce the riffs in the song and then to change the riffs throughout is just, uh, I mean, second to none at the time. Like the riffs are all so strong. Um, and, and, you know, like with this, there's just this uh this driving uh, this underlying driving force in the music uh that just propels it forward like like i think it's really great um and i don't remember maybe uh ken you mentioned this but i think it's just in you know this is this is probably uh, uh james murphy but you know just the 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 solos are just melodic right like yeah. it, it just when, when you've got like a, an angle angry vocal uh lines and then you get this like melodic solo uh, like i yeah. think it, it's really cool um mm -hmm. i remember uh seeing an interview with james murphy and he kind of you know he talked about you know like that's one of the reasons chuck liked him uh was he could do that um and then he was saying later on like the carcass guys told them uh like this album and the melodic uh solos uh was a huge influence to them and we all know carcass mm -hmm. uh, ended up you know utilizing a lot of like melodic uh, riffs and, yeah. and solos through their career so kind of interesting uh, point there well, well, James, James actually wrote tracks for, uh, yeah, four, six, seven, and eight. He actually co-wrote yeah. those songs. Yeah. So, like, you can see the the heart of the order where the meats, where the meat of the songs really show on those on those tracks. So, 
So it's great that everyone really contributed. It's not it wasn't just Chuck writing at all. Everyone had right. a part in this album. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did uh, did Terry have any writing credits? Yeah, uh, Terry did. He wrote. What did he write? Now I know I I'd actually wrote this down because I thought it was quite interesting. But he wrote he wrote four or five songs. So everyone so everyone really yeah. contributed from from as far as I know from what I could see on the album. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, I love Terry on, on bass. I think he's fantastic. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if this is just me or maybe, you know, my, my years over the age, but uh, that's my only issue. I think the mix is good and the production is, is good, but I find Terry like very low in the mix. Like a couple yeah. songs yeah. I can pull him out, but in most of them he's lost in there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah. one of the cr- criticism with Scott Burns. Is that the drums? Some some say that Bill Andrews' drums is too repetitive, and also people were saying that the the bass is too low in the mix. But mm. I don't really get that when I listen to it. I I love the drumming. The drumming is great. It's, it's really progressive and fast. And I don't have a problem with Terry Butler as a bassist. But yeah, that's one of the one thing I was reading online. People were criticizing that for Scott Burns, which is weird. also also the remix like the the uh the remasters they've got they've cleaned it up a little bit uh from the original pressing so you do get a little bit more on there because they do i think and this album has the demos as well on it for the uh the the remaster and it there it it does stand out a little bit better but yeah you guys are 100 percent right it uh i i don't know i wonder if it was around the time era that bass was just kind of maybe pushed off a little bit because it seems like there's a few albums, you know, Justice is one, you know, like. <laughs> well, there's the, <laughs> there's the famous one. Yeah. But it's funny, like, within, like, within the first 30 seconds of the Human album, the bass has been fixed. Yeah. Because it's, like, right up there at the forefront. But I'm sure we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, moving on, track number three, Defensive Personalities. Uh, Ken, how about you start this time? Yeah, this is a pretty good song. It's a bit more straightforward. So it's basically mm. like a, it's got a more thrashing speed to it. And I know it. people were saying it kind of sort of reminds you of, of the, um, the first album with, with that kind of, kind of thrashy death style, which I like the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's it chugs right from the start and it goes through and I think the lyrics are funny because he's trying to like wax with the idea of someone living with multiple personalities and if you listen to the lyrics he's trying to break it down into three separate like a person mm-hmm. born with multiple personalities they have three separate three separate personalities so I think it's a fascinating song a mm. bit straightforward it's it's not as um I don't think the playback there is much for me I, I like the song. Um, but I, it's probably the most straightforward song on the album, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. Jim, yeah. how about you? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I, I mean, I like the song as well. What I love about Chuck, he's, this guy's a perfectionist, you know, this guy was a perfectionist. And I think, um, you know, he takes something so basic as the, like, I agree with Ken, a very, very straightforward, basic song. And just, I mean, it, it, he creates something really, really cool with it. And, uh, you know, and and I think that's uh, probably why there was kind of a revolving door of band members throughout the years because he is a perfectionist and he he wanted to put out the best possible. And you know, this song's definitely evidence that you can take something basic and just turning it into something really cool. Uh, you know, the guitars in it are amazing. I love how it slows up a bit and then just takes off. 
And uh, I mean, you know, the multiple personality disorder, again, another topic that, you know, like on a lot of the albums that we've talked about, um, you know, earlier uh, and some of our earlier podcasts, the three of us even talking about, you know, a lot of the stuff with, you know, the Testament has written about it and, and it's been kind of a focal point for a lot of metal men. So I, I think it should have been probably maybe a little bit more lyrically uh longer and but other than that i mean yeah like it's a good song as well too it's a you know it's, it's probably middle of the pack but still a top-notch song yeah no, i know i think you guys uh hit on it i don't think i have too much to add uh it, it's actually a very it's played live very rarely uh you know just a handful of times probably during the actual uh spiritual healing tour would be my guess mm -hmm. um yeah no i think you guys nailed it i mean the, the only other thing uh i i would note is is pretty catchy chorus uh on this one right it kind of uh sticks with you but uh, and the other thing that stands out for me but uh ken already hit on it uh it's a pretty uh thrashy uh tune uh, which yeah. is cool uh mixes it up a little bit okay yeah. uh next up uh within the mind uh jim uh how about you yeah this is a, another cool song i mean it's got a great guitar solo right at the end of the track just about to the end of the track which is really really cool and i like the fact that the uh the lyrics and that he's not overdoing it on a lot of lyrics but he's really the song is made up of really good lyric lyrical content good chorus and then bam you've got a lot of good musicianship in there as well and you know this is a song about in my mind tackling self-doubt dissecting your mind essentially not letting you overthink situations and maybe lending yourself more to your ability rather than letting your mind kind of take over, you know, trusting your gut, stuff like that. I think that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, again, another top topic of metal bands from the time, uh, you know, uh, anything that kind of realms around that, but a great song, um, you know, again, too, the drums are really prevalent in it. And yes, there is still is that sort of kind of bass. You don't really hear the bass is tough on this. The remaster is a little bit better, but um but but a great track i mean i like it. it's not a bad track on this album in my mind <laughs> yeah uh over to you ken yeah it, it's probably the heaviest song i think on the album and it's right at the middle almost like it's at the middle the track four so it's like heavy as hell yeah um that's what i like about it the riffs are great so it it doesn't let up another it's one of those songs that to me it's just the drumming the guitar everything like falls into place at the right time and it's really strong. Again, the lyrics, as you mentioned, Jeff, are great. Like, you know, you're training your mind to get past all your inhibitions about your, your yeah. past, your the darkness, whatever you've got going on in your head. You're trying to get yeah. past that to get to something that's more, um, I don't know, idyllic, to say, if I, for you know, lack of a better word. But mm -hmm. I would think that's what I like about that song. It's it's a yeah. great song. There's no problem. It's And it's also the first song that James that James Murphy contributed writing. So you could, you could hear it in the song. I love it. It's a, it's a great song. 
Yeah, no, I agree. One of my uh, one of my favorites. Uh, the the second most played live song from this album, uh, kind of probably the thirteenth uh, most played uh, uh, death song live. So so fairly common. Yeah. Yeah, set. Uh, and I, I agree with with you, Ken. Like super heavy. That like excellent yeah. slow gr- uh, grinding riff uh, that kicks off the song. It, you know, it's fantastic. And you even like Chuck vocal wise, like he, he's sort yeah. of, you know, dipping into his vocal uh, uh, toolbox, if you will. And he's got some pretty good like guttural uh, screams on this one, um, w- which are pretty effective, uh, I think. Uh, and then just again, sprinkling, sprinkling the little bits of melody uh, here and there, just make those heavier parts so much cooler. Um, yeah. But yeah, another great, uh, great death track. Okay, so next up we have the uh, the title track and the longest song on the album, uh, approaching what like eight minutes almost eight minutes. seven, seven forty five. Um, so Ken, how about you kick us off this time? Yeah, I like I like the song a lot. I mean, a lot of people note right at the beginning the the fast uh, tremolo picking, the tapping right at the beginning of the song, and it kind of leads into this this great like great piece of. Uh, writing and I think the the lyrics is what really hits home for me about you mm. know like you practice and it's not unlike a testament song because I know they've covered this same topic about you know practice what you preach you know there's a a lot of um just if, if you're a religious whatever whatever religion you you worship you don't practice what you preach so it's great in that regards about three minutes in though there's got this incredible scream and again yeah. he, he accentuates yeah. that lyric practice what you preach and it's like wow yeah for me as a listener it just grabs you it just pulls you into the song and you just oh you follow it through it's it's a fantastic song for me right from the get-go and uh, i think the guitar playing is a master stroke here it's just so great and then you get the drumming with bill andrews in the last two minutes hold mm-hmm. he just like takes the song and just basically brings it all in i've read online that some people there are a few people who think the song could be trimmed down a couple of minutes but I don't know. I, I like the length. I like the fact that everyone contributes and everyone has a part in of creating that song. Yeah, no, uh, well said. Uh, I, I, like literally, I, I've got pretty much the same kind of points jotted down. Uh, even going down <laughs> to like, uh, I have like two uh, memorable Chuck vocal lines uh, mm-hmm. and one you hit on the practice when you preach. Yeah. Uh, but the other one where he's like, speak no more lies, it's your time to die. Like right. it's just such a great part. And then the riffs that come after it, uh, mm-hmm. just uh, really memorable there, you know, Chuck's pretty diverse uh, mm-hmm. on his uh, vocals, the solos, the drumming. It's heavy. It's groovy. It, it's actually my favorite uh, track on the album. So, so I love it. And the uh, the third most played uh, live song uh, off the album. Um, so great one. Uh, and then Jim, how about you? Oh yeah, I mean you guys. You know, my I wrote down practice what you preach. Your loved All three one is of now us. deceased. <laughs> knowledge has had our hands never to understand yeah. i think that's great i think this song and song six kind of go together as a package and i mean i love that intro this is probably the most recognizable from an intro death song that there probably is i mean that is so cool and the crunching guitars i mean you guys hit it on the head on your on the head and i mean you know killing for your religion 
they're talking about everything, people not following, uh, you know, everything from TV evangelists to, and then the next song kind of flows into that too. But yeah, this is one of the best songs yeah. and probably one of my top 10 songs from death. So, I mean, it, it's just phenomenal. I love it. But yeah, we all hit that same. And when he yells practice, that that is weird. Yeah. And he, he does that in a couple of songs with yeah. the, uh, like the one we spoke about a couple of uh, tracks earlier. And it is, it's just awesome. And I love the, length of the uh, song in fact i wish the album as much as i hate bloated albums i would love a couple extra tracks on this so i think eight mm. tracks is probably too not enough but that's mm. just you know after listening to it so many times i i um i'd want to hear more and uh but anyways uh, no awesome awesome track for sure yeah, that's interesting. Jim, do you know the running time? I, I I know it's probably fairly short, but to be honest, I don't have a clue because most of the songs are like almost five minutes at least. For 43 minutes and 17 seconds. So right around that album of the early 90s, early late 80s, right yeah. around that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess they could have bought one or two. I, I wouldn't have complained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving on, we have uh, track number six, Low Life. Uh, Ken, you want to uh, run with this one? Yeah. yeah, this is a pretty good song, too. Again, we're going we're going to repeat ourselves, but he says that line, which I which I totally love, where it's like a pathetic excuse for a human being. Yeah, I, I love it because he too. slows he <laughs> slows down and it's just it's shrill. The voice is so shrill, and it's like, man, he's really spitting this out. It's like it's almost like he the way he sings on the album is like he deliberately knows who he's pointing it out. Like, this is my lyric. This is who I'm talking about. We don't know, but you get that drift. Like you're a pathetic piece of a human being. It's like, I love it. It's like, he's just basically spitting out social lyrics and it's so damn good. I, I love this song. This song, this song is great too, for me. It, it's a great song overall, a little bit of groove to it, but it's still, it's still a pretty damn good song. Yeah, and like it, it, it's such a nice uh, a change versus singing about like zombies and open caskets <laughs> and like it, it, it's such a step up. I think again, no no disrespect to the lyrics on the old stuff, but um, okay, Jim, how about you? Yeah, I mean this is awesome. Another great intro on this song. Um, you know, the leeches of society. I love it. So it could have a couple of meanings. You know, you could look at it from just anybody being a liar in your life to being fake, to being taking advantage to, and then, you know, the cover of the album, like spiritual healing and low life. I find these two go together. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what was going on around that time with all the TV evangelists, yeah. the spiritual healing. We all know where, uh, where that they all ended up, you know, so, <laughs> and, but it, it, it's, it's a great song and another, just another sign of the times of what was going on and uh, just a really good gut punch of a song. I love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah. no, it's great. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you guys said it all. The only thing I'd add though is uh, the best part of this song for me is like uh, somewhere towards the middle. You just have this, like you have Chuck and James just trading solos. It's yes. like one after another. Like, like it just, every time I listen to it, I, I can't wipe the smile off my face. It's, it's my favorite part of the track. It's probably where they let loose the longest and the most uh, on the entire album. Yeah. And just the, the ending part as well, that yeah. vocal scream right at the end. I love yeah, that. Yeah. You will never be. And it's like, ah, you'll, you'll be of a low life forever. I love the ending. That ending scream is a way to, what a way to end a song. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
Okay, so sounds good. Uh, genetic reconstruction. Uh, Jim, how about you? Oh, man, this is another another wicked song. And what I a surprise. Throw, I know, <laughs> and I always love to throw a Star Wars, something Star Warsy in there. This is exactly it. This is uh, technology replacing yeah. replacing natural, and it's about cloning. And I think it's another side of the times of what was going on. You know, you've got Star Wars Attack of the Clones. I mean, every they they want to create a uh, mind without emotion. I think it's it's awesome, and uh, but I mean, the song is amazing. I, again, I can keep going on about how great the guitars are and his vocals are amazing on this song. It's a, it's another great one, and we're nearing the end of the album, so this thing just doesn't let up. I mean, there's not a you know, usually you get to that mid album by the fourth or fifth song where you're kind of like, okay, and let's, let's get let's get on with the show here. You don't want this to end, and 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 I definitely didn't. It's awesome, love it. Yeah, no, for sure, Ken. Yeah, um, the thing about the lyrics here, though, for me, is that it's obviously written at a time when you know Terminator and Terminator Two were big, so it's got yeah. a very kind of fantasy vibe to it, which I kind of like. It's a, it's a bit of a a fresh take and not just always about social commentary so it's a really good song mind you though this song is very topical because he's discussing the idea that humans are being replaced by machines and you could pretty much apply right. that to like today's <laughs> standards because yeah. it's it's kind of what we're seeing around us in the world today so it's a it's a, yeah. a song that still rings rings through and the other thing i like about it from my other one point is that i love the hateful kind of low to high growl it works really well in this song he yeah. really yeah he's by this time he's perfected that so much that yeah, it's, it's like his. I can't envision this album without that style of singing on this album. It, it just, if he just took a very kind of Cookie Monster style growl, it this record would would blow. I'm sorry, it would just blow for me. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Like the, the the lyrical content, I you know, like as I was listening to it, uh, you know, the, this week the album, uh, looking at the lyrics, yeah, like I mean, very relevant uh, to today's world for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I I mean, Chuck just has an awesome scream on this one. Uh, like <laughs> I went back to look, it, it's like right at the the three and a half minute mark. Um, really good. Just and again, we're we're sounding repetitive another strong song filled <laughs> with hooks and uh it's just really catchy as well for uh, you know which is great for a death metal song to 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 ha have those features um so yeah sadly we come to the the final track uh killing spree uh ken you want to go on this one yeah sure so this is another one of those kind of straightforward speedy kind of <laughs> thrashy death songs yeah. which is good i i don't have a problem with it it's an amusing song because I'm almost at this point wondering lyrically, because basically he's saying here that, well, this guy's bored. He's bored with life and he decides he's going to go on a killing spree just to amuse himself. So I'm under, I'm almost wondering if he's actually trying to poke fun at just, you know, oh, I'm going to write this song. And yeah, why not? Because I think at that in the 80s, like the idea of the serial killer was becoming a, a pop cultural phenomenon. So kind of like he's poking fun at that. But the song is really strong. I think it ends on a, on a really good note. It's fast. It's speedy. It's got a really death thrash style to it. I, I don't think I have anything bad to say about it. It's just a way to end the album off on a good note. Yeah. Jim? Yeah, it's an ass kicker of a song. And it's the shortest song on the uh, album. It's just over four minutes and 16 seconds. <laughs> but, I mean, it's awesome. And I agree. Death song for sure, and uh, very basic, and I love it. And I, I think 
I think Ken's right. I, I, I think he's maybe just saying like, I, I always wondered how we wrote this album because there's so many different topics on it that, you know, I'd like to see what maybe didn't make the album or I'd love to hear what, if there was anything that didn't make the album, because it's, it's, it kind of covers pretty much everything there. And there's nothing more relevant than that today. I mean, we, we hear about this all the time uh, on the news and that, but uh, I, I think it was the change too, like as Ken was saying from the serial killer to now sort of more of a killing spree mass shooting type thing, yeah. which that, you know, it's, it's kind of, weird that we're we're listening to this from so many years ago and many of these songs have so much relevancy today but yeah great way to end off the album like i said before i think the album could have gone at least one more song maybe two um you can get the bonus material on the re-release where they have uh god i think about 10 or 12 demos and stuff on there and it's really really cool but um oh yeah it just ends off the album in style yeah, I know. Yeah, well said. And the uh, yeah, the killing spree. Um, yeah, I, I I I totally agree. Like every time I listen to this song, uh, like I think about the the mass shootings and uh, you know having lived in the U.S. for for almost a decade recently. You know, I mean, you, you turn on the news and it it's always there and. Um, so yeah, this song to me, you know, brings me to to those moments which uh, are incre incredibly relevant uh, uh, for today. Um, again, I, as I was re-listening to this, is a bit of a story, uh, but you know, when I was in, I lived in Philadelphia, um, and this is probably going back uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, maybe two years. I was at a dying fetus. Uh, frozen uh, soul concert um, and, and just as the concert was ending it was Philadelphia on South Street um, essentially there was a mass shooting right there like you know we were coming wow. out of the uh, the concert and the police are escorting us like down the side and straight out and you know there, there were like ambulances everywhere like you know somebody just started shooting and like 17 people uh got shot right there on the street so yeah pretty crazy like as i was re-listening to this album uh and this song like i kept reliving that you know those five ten minutes uh of my life that are, that are going to stick with me probably forever yeah, no, that's pretty, that's shocking. And yeah, like, you know, uh, no, for sure. And that, that would be shocking. Geez, you're coming out of the venue and you're all meddled out from a good night of metal. And then you got to deal with that. Brutal. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. brutal. Yeah. So slightly off topic, but it just, as I was re-listening this song uh, and looking at the lyrics just kind of, uh, you know, made me relive that, but Okay, so enough about my uh, stories. Uh, <laughs> time to uh, rate the album. Um, so where should we start, Jim? You want to go with scale one to ten? Yes, I, I'm going to go with a ten. Uh -huh. I love this album. I can't understand <laughs> people who 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 don't like it, or maybe they they think it's one of the weaker albums. I don't know. I, I for me, I love it, and I think it's uh, it was that changing kind of as the the band was sort of morphing and, and growing up and you got to do it with them and i think that's just part of it and i, I love the album i think the writing's top notch musically the album just kicks ass and it's a great great uh representative of the floridian you know death metal movement and i i just i love it i absolutely love it hmm. ken 
I think Ken might have got booted out. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe a, a logging back in. Oh, you there, Ken? All right. Well, let me uh, let me uh, rank the album, and, and we'll see uh, how Ken goes. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna probably mirror you, uh, Jim. So for me, a ten again. Um, I, I you know, it, it's not like uh, any you know all out death metal album like the early stuff. Uh, it's not like uh, you know progressive, like super progressive as the later albums. But for me, um, it's like the perfect mix of of the two. Uh, it brings the best yeah. of the old, the best of the new, uh, and, and I think you know you may have said this, Jim, but it's transitional. Uh, yeah. it's all about, you know, uh, it, it was a key moment there. Uh, and again, we, we've been hitting this to death, but the lyrical content, uh, just such a big leap forward. And then lastly, for me, just, there's a, some nostalgia to it, right? Like, you know, the, uh, this time. Yeah metal is like you know like if I, I write down all my top 50 albums like they're all going to be like 88 89 90 right like that <laughs> there's just something yeah. about that period for me where i was like just you know uh up to my neck in like heavy metal um yeah cool yeah those years those years were formative years and yeah it's right it's true too because the, I, I think the top 50 list for the the metal pit we're all mainly from those three or four years there and it's just everybody has such fond memories of that part of uh that part of time i mean metal was so so strong and uh yeah for sure and i was in you know i was just in high school and in 89 leaving high school and uh, those were the years uh you know the best years of of metal and rocking out and, and that was just awesome everything was new <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I, and just to that point, like, I remember coming to school like every day and telling my friends, here's yeah. the best band ever. And then like <laughs> three days later, it was like, no, here's the best band ever. Right. Like it was just endless. Uh, yeah. But it looks like we got uh, Ken back from his yep. uh, technical <laughs> uh, issues. Uh, can you hear us? Okay, Ken? Yes, I can, sir. All right. So uh, both. Uh, I, I gave the album a 10. Uh, Jim okay. gave the album a 10, both of us roughly the same, uh, you know, a good a transitional album balances the old, the new, mm -hmm. uh, so, mm -hmm. so over to you, what would you rank it? Sweep 10. There you That's go. It. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this album's under a 10 for me. It'll never, ever be under a 10. Yeah, exactly. Like I could listen to this album years later and I will never change my opinion about this album. It, it, to me, it's, it's the album that touches me the most. I would never change that opinion. It'll always be a 10 ever. Never change. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Agree. So uh, once again, some group think the three of us are all on the, uh, <laughs> the same page, uh, <laughs> thinking exactly the same. Um, okay. So, so that was good. Some good uh, conversation there. Uh, so now it comes time to, uh, to rank the uh, death uh, albums. So we're going to do uh, the, you know, the uh, seven albums. Uh, we're not going to rank the con uh, Control Denied album, The Fragile Art of Existence, but we'll come back to it and speak to it just briefly, uh, share some thoughts on it towards the end. Um, but yeah, so, so let's uh, rank those albums. Uh, Ken, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. Okay. So number seven is going to be Sound of Perseverance. 
Um, I, it's an album I do like a lot. It returns to kind of like that heavy progressive sound. Um, I don't. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I I do think it's a decent album. Uh, at number six, I'm putting Symbolic. Again, it's you know uh, it's reaching towards the progressive side of their sound. It's it's got some solid songs on it. Um, some of the vocals I'm not overly keen on. Um, at number five, I'm putting Individual Thought Patterns, which I kind of like. It's it's I find it to be their most, I guess at that time, their most progressive sounding album. Again, it's a solid record. I like the album cover, but the album is good from start to finish. Um, number four, I'm putting Scream Bloody Gore. And I know it should be at the top of the list, but it's it's a good like death thrash album. It's got a lot of more thrash elements than it does death. Um, the songs are, are a little on the repetitive side. You get a lot of gore, a lot of horror, horror movie references and lyrics, but it's still pretty good. Um, at number three, I'm putting Human. It's the third of their, I, I guess, the charge of, of their change in sound. Again, I love that album cover. A solid record from start to finish. Uh, number two is going to be Leprosy. I, I have to go with where they started out the uh, progressive sound in their in their style. Um, again, that album cover blows me away. It's one of my favorite album covers. And oh, you know, number one is going to be Spiritual Healing, which is the greatest death album ever in my mind. <laughs> All right, that, that's interesting. Uh, so, uh, so I mean, just speaking, so Ken, you and I, uh, mm -hmm. it's almost a surprise that we both had spiritual healing as our mm -hmm. number one because our, our two, to, the remaining ones couldn't be any more different. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but again, that's where it gets back to people have such different like opinions on the best death album. So before yeah. I go, Jim, how about you? Uh, you, you jump in there. <laughs> A lot of similarities. So number seven is the sound of perseverance. I not you know, I mean, I like the bite the pain on it. It's a good album. I mean, something has to come in seventh. It's got a cool cover of Painkiller too. I'm not a huge cover guy, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, number six would be for me individual thought patterns. I my favorite song on that would be like Trapped in a Corner. Good album. Uh, number five would be Leprosy. Love pull the plug. Number four, Human uh suicide machine that's that's a wicked wicked song uh number three you know and again scream bloody gore again I, you know it's it's i mean it could be my number one i guess uh but it's uh you know i mean this is the this is the album that started it all maybe the production and that i mean obviously the time uh but zombie ritual on it you know baptized in blood you got some great great songs on it the whole album's awesome uh, number two for me would be Symbolic. So that's pretty high on my list. Really, really love that album. Um, you know, my favorite song, Zero Tolerance. And I like the Thousand Eyes on it. Mm, is a yeah. really, really good track. And my number one is this album, Spiritual Healing. So we have a three for three, I believe, unless, uh, <laughs> you know, Billy, who I think let it leak. Uh, maybe that's <laughs> not his top one, but yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wasn't necessarily saying that, uh, but yeah, so, so let me go. But like, so uh, this is a, a message for uh, our site uh, guy uh, who runs the site, Blake, get ready for the uh, hate emails uh, that are going to come after my top uh, seven here. So uh, number seven for me is Scream Bloody Gore. Um, wow. So 
I, again, like I'll preface to say, I love all death, uh, all death albums. It's going to come down to do what, whether someone likes the more progressive stuff or whether right. someone likes the older stuff. For me, like, you know, my two favorite genres in thrash and death metal are on the technical side. So I just happen to prefer the the technical death uh, over the old death. Um, but Scream, Bloody Gore, and Leprosy are amazing albums. Uh, mm -hmm. But when they have to go against the the later albums, for me personally, uh, that's where they they fall towards the bottom. So uh, again, great, but it, I just prefer the technical side. Um, so number six, uh, Leprosy, uh, again, fantastic album. Uh, you know, excellent death metal. But you know, again, for me, it's I really enjoy the progressive side. Uh, number five for me. Uh, sound of uh, perseverance um, again just getting further into the uh, the progressive side uh, and, and yeah, interesting point I think many may know that but this was originally meant to be when Chuck wrote it uh, a controlled uh, denied album uh, but it ended up going out under the uh, the death name um, so, you know, yet another new lineup uh, kicking in there. Uh, number four for me, individual thought patterns. Uh, for me, my number three and my number four uh, can constantly change. Uh, but I think, you know, it's got to be said for individual thought patterns. Uh, 1993, um, again, we, uh, we talked about it, the talent in this band. I mean, uh, here's Steve pulling in like Andy LaRocque from King Don, uh, Steve, uh, here's, um, uh, oh, I'm having a mind blank. Uh, sure. Chuck, yeah. Uh, here's Chuck uh, pulling in Andy LaRock from King Diamond. Uh, so I think that was an interesting dynamic. It worked out well. Uh, and Steve DiGiorgio's fretless bass on this thing is a monster. So just a, a progressive uh, death metal classic. Uh, for me, Symbolic uh, is my number three. Uh, just again, amazing progressive uh, death metal. Um then number two, my number two and my number one is very hard, right? They could switch like next month. They could easily switch. Uh, but for me, number two is uh, human. Um, and so it just uh, as great as uh, spiritual healing was and the talent on that, you know, that lineup, uh, bring in like Paul and Sean from Cynic uh, and Steve DiGiorgio on bass and then knock the lights out. Like the, the, the musical talent is completely off the charts on, uh, on this record. Just, just amazing from beginning to end. It's still brutal, but like the bass lines are all over the place. Uh, just, just, it's a masterpiece. Uh, in my opinion uh and then number one spiritual healing uh, and, and a big part of this i think is going to be some some uh, a nostalgic factor for me it hit me yeah. like right in my main time of metal um but just i i just fell in love with it still in love with it we we beat it to death uh, about 10 minutes ago so um yeah again like no no bad death album in my opinion and, and i think that's incredibly rare because every death metal band uh even my favorite death metal band uh, of all time obituary uh has had uh, one or two not so perfect albums but uh mm -hmm. death has been a monster band for sure hmm. 
All right, that's cool. Great, great list, guys. Wow, we were Absolutely. pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, we both had the same number one, but we we sort yeah. of placed the eras very differently, right? Yeah. Like where I had the early and where you guys had the early, but now we all hear yeah. it differently. That's sure. Right. Absolutely. Cool. And then uh, maybe a few words uh, around uh, Control uh, Denied and, and uh, our thoughts on that album. Uh, Ken, do you, anything you want to say on that? Yeah, um, it, it was a, a bold direction for the band. I mean, I, you have to wonder, was he wanting to leave death metal behind and go into something new? I mean, it, uh, when I first heard it, I didn't mind it. It took me a little bit of time to get into the idea of it with the clean vocals yeah. and you know you're bringing in the, most of the guys from Perver uh, Perseverance all played on it so it, yeah. you're right it's it's an interesting idea um, it grew on me I, I wasn't a fan when I first heard it but after two three listens I'm like yeah this is alright it's it's certainly different for Chuck but lyrically it's still strong it's, it still shows that as a lyricist he had he had that ability. He had that 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 jam that he could e equally like put on a song, and so I like it for that reason. It's not. I, I will. I'll listen to it off and on. I don't listen to it all the time, but I. It'd be interesting to see where he, if he if he remained alive, what he would have done. Would he would have gone back to death yeah. eventually, or would he have just said, you know, I'm done with death. We're moving on with this new band. So yeah, we'll, we'll never know, but we yeah. do have that one album as as you know proof that he was willing to make changes. Yeah, no, yeah. Like I, th I think you said it well. I, I, I'm a big fan of the album also. Uh, mm -hmm. Like if I had to rank it in the overall, you know, Dev catalog, I, I probably would have had it a bit towards the end uh, myself personally. But like my understanding is, you know, Chuck basically... He, he wanted to go in a direction without uh, death metal vocals and he wanted to stop singing. Uh, yeah. And so he was at the time into the, the Euro power metal thing. So that he had a very set thing in mind when uh, he picked the uh, vocalist, uh, Tim uh, Amar, uh, to take the vocal duties there. So yeah, it's interesting. Like I, it's very like, I, like power metal uh like when yeah. you, you hear the core i mean you got a lot of intricate like guitar and bass and drumming for sure uh but like the choruses are so clean and like uh power metal style like like it's interesting it just it, it's just different from death yeah yeah anything uh you want to add there uh jim yeah i think and i like the fact he didn't use the death name i mean i think that's a big thing i think so many bands like this is, would be kind of considered an eighth album, you know, and you're mm -hmm. thinking about it in, in this career, like many bands who tweak or not even tweak, but change, uh, you know, in their catalog. And you can see it in many bands catalogs. And, and sometimes you think, oh, that would have been probably better as maybe its own entity. And I think that this falls under that. And because it's an interesting album, it's a, it's a great album. I like it. I mean, uh, you know, breaking the breaking the broken is a wicked track on there. Uh, believe you know you've got some great songs, but yeah, it's not a death album. And uh, I, I think maybe fans of fans of death, you know, death metal and fans of death, maybe wanted to see it that way. But I'm glad it came out under Control Denied, so it's something different, and it is different. So I it it it. Uh, it demands its own spot. And I, I think it's a great album and a great project. And I really would love to think that 
had things changed and he was still with us today, that he would have resurrected death in some form again, mm-hmm. but, and, and do it, do it the, you know, kind of tweak it to today's relevancy or the relevancy of when and, and uh, have it reminiscent of some of the old, you know, scream bloody gore or spiritual healing. So, but I mean, if he continued on this path, I think this would have opened up a whole new, yeah. like a whole new kind of subgenre. And I think you would have seen a lot of bands, like even maybe, maybe try something a little because I mean, he, he was a leader. He was a lead, genre leader. He was a visionary. So very important. This album is very important uh, in my mind. Yeah. No, well said. Well said. Um, okay. So let's move on to kind of uh, the last sort of uh, feature. Just uh, talk a bit about uh, Death Live and maybe we'll start there and then we'll we'll talk about some of the tribute bands, uh, Left to Die and uh, Death to All and our thoughts on that. Because, um, I mean, both of those, those touring uh, tribute bands have been very active in the last couple of years. Um, but to start with, so Death with uh, Chuck, uh, Jim or Ken, have you guys had? Did you guys have a chance to see them? No, 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 I have I not. Haven't. I wish I did. Yeah, Never. yeah. Never. I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I got to see them twice, like with oh, Chuck. Cool. Uh, I I wish it was more Uh, (laughs) like in 1990, I got to see the uh, spiritual healing tour. Um, And that was at like this landmark. uh, I was living in Montreal, grew up in Montreal uh, at the uh, landmark uh, Fafoon Electric uh, venue, uh, which is where like pretty much like every band that we all love, you know, where, when they did their first tour, they stopped through there. Uh, And on this tour, they had the uh, Texas, death metal band devastation uh that was opening for them uh and then like about a year year and a half later they rolled through uh, on the human tour and i got to see them there uh in 1991 but unfortunately that's it like i remember them you know these go uh, it's a long time ago uh like i remember being blown away but like I really wish I remember more of like the intricacies of like Chuck on stage and mm-hmm. how he interacted. Like, you know, back then I was like this young kid and, and I was like surely in the mosh pit, uh running around <laughs> like a fool. So uh, you know, not knowing I, I would never see Chuck uh, ever again live. Right. Um so I would have liked to have remembered those pieces, but but sadly I do not. Uh okay. but Anyways, uh, yeah. at least I could say uh, uh, I, I had that bucket list item uh, uh, done. Nice. Lucky you, man. Um, so, yeah. So I mentioned it earlier. So these tribute bands, so Left to Die and uh, Death to All. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for those who might not be familiar, Left to Die, you know, is Terry on, on bass and the original guitarist, uh, Rick Ross, uh, Matt Harvey of Exhumed and Gruesome. Yeah. Uh, and so they're currently touring, playing songs uh, from Scream Bloody Gore and Leprosy. Uh, yeah. And then the other side is Death to all where you've got like Gene Hoagland, Steve DiGiorgio, Bobby Keeble, and Max Phelps, uh, who are sort of running around touring uh, on that album. So maybe uh, Ken, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on on these tours? Well, it's interesting because I find that both bands are are doing different kind of set lists. So 
Mm. It's obviously left to die is going for more the classic, the classic late eighties death. It's, it's not Harvey. He's obviously doing that. I mean, he's from exhumed, yeah. um, you know, he's in the gruesome. So, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise that Matt would want to lead the charge in that style. And of course you have Rick Ross and Terry Butler. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's to all I, I, I'm not as enthralled with. I've, I've watched some live clips on YouTube and they're obviously going for more of the progressive style. You know, yeah. Gene Hoglan on drums. Yeah. I mean, what does that tell you? And then, you know, Steve DeDore on bass. Um, Matt, Max Phelps is an interesting character because he sort of resembles Chuck with a lot of the vocal style. Mm. Um, and I know he, he's played live in Cynic on the, on the live sets. And I know yeah. that uh, he's from a, played in Obscura. They're, they're kind of interesting. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning more to the uh, left to die. I just... I think I prefer that because I like the fact that it's they're more because they were there at the start of the of, of the uh, the legacy of death. I kind of feel like they're honoring a little bit better. I, this is my opinion, but yeah. I mean I've not seen I've not seen either band. I've watched um, clips right now of both bands on tour. I mean right now Left to Die is on a fourteen city tour in the United States, and it, it looks like it'd be a fun show. Um, I like Matt yeah. Matt Harvey because he's much more passionate. I don't know, maybe it's me, but I find him a much more passionate person, and he obviously wants to honor death with with gruesome and and I actually like gruesome for what they are, but uh, it's it's I could see that there might be some division for some people. Some might think one band is better at honoring the legacy than the other, but I I think they both have merit for what they are. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, well said. How about you, Jim? Yeah, I, I I've watched uh, some of their clips on YouTube, and it's fairly impressive. I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> people get into the debate of cover bands and covering and stuff like that. I'm I'm really glad they're not called, you know, they're not called Death. So yeah. that's really cool. And, and in my mind, as long as the, uh, you know, as long as the estate is fine with uh, what goes on and that sort of thing, I'm fine with it. I think it's a great, you know, mo. mo it's a great uh, mode to get death music to younger listeners. And I think, um, you know, I, I, both of them, I kind of maybe side a little bit more to left to die um, for the reasons Ken said with it being a little bit more of the older catalog, but I got to admit, I would definitely go and check them out. It would be uh, a lot of fun. And uh, I think, um, you know, you've got so many bands like, you know, Pantera kind of comes to mind a bit. Uh, with obviously the touring and, and how successful it's been I mean yes you've got a you've got uh, uh, some members there but you know as long as it's as long as it's totally cool with uh, you know the estates of the of the uh, members there um, you know they're definitely uh, then I'm good with it and I'm really I, I would go check them out I definitely you know pay good money to go see them and just hear those songs and uh you know, you, you'll never be able to hear the original live again, you know, unless it's on an album or see them. So this this would be a, a great substitute. And I think just spreading the genre to a younger crowd is always good um, because we, you know, we want metal to grow in numbers and we want people to check out these original albums and give them the uh, the respect they definitely deserve. Yeah. No, well said. Yeah, I, 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 I pretty much... Uh... Uh, agree with you guys. I, I, I was fortunate enough to see both these uh, touring lineups uh, a couple cool. times. Right. Um, 
uh, and so a couple of things, I think you guys have said it, right? I mean, we're actually getting like, you know, these are not like, you know, strangers getting together and playing yeah. songs, right? These are yeah. the actual musicians. Uh, they're all like, you know, amongst the best metal musicians in the world uh, exactly. in terms of like talent. So you, you get an amazing show. Uh, it's done very respectfully. People tell stories about Chuck. Uh, there's like screens showing like old clips of Chuck. Um, and, and, you know, Jim, you hit on it, the youth, right? Like seeing all the young people uh, at these shows, they're never going to see Chuck. Uh, but yeah. the fact that they could, you know, sort of uh, get to experience these death songs live, uh, it, it's just, they're amazing songs. So why not? Um, and yeah, like I don't really, I mean, you know, from my 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 ranking, uh, I, I really like the uh, the progressive stuff. So uh, enjoy Death to All. Uh, given I was in the U.S. for so long, got to see them. But interesting thing, uh, Death to All, I think was actually the original one because yeah. I actually saw them in Toronto before I moved to the U.S. Oh, it really? was uh, tw oh. 2012 or 13 uh, at the Opera House um and it was just it was incredible it, it come uh, not the opera house the uh the phoenix uh mm -hmm. it just completely sort of knocked my socks off um so that oh. was the the i believe the original tribute tour uh and then in the last couple of years it really gained momentum but in 2013 there were some legal issues like they were going to donate money to like a cancer foundation there were problems so they had to switch it to be called DTA um, oh. so they were touring around as DTA so maybe people uh, didn't make the connection um, but yeah that was like a, a legendary pack show in Toronto uh, at the uh, Phoenix uh, concert hall it was uh, a fantastic uh, show wicked okay, cool yeah uh, yeah no cool um, so yeah I mean uh I think that was a, a fantastic conversation. Uh, really enjoyed the chat guys uh, today again. Um, you know, before we close out, Jim, Ken, anything else uh, you want to add? Uh, just, just pick up those, just pick up those remasters uh, the, uh, with the extra stuff on it. Uh, it's just so awesome listening to the demos and that and, and hearing it again with, with Chuck and it, it's just so cool. I, uh, not to get all sappy, you know, but that's, that's what I, I love. I love picking those up and I uh, know uh, they're awesome. And Jim, is there unreleased material there? Like are, are there songs that we've never heard or just no. demo versions of existing songs? Yeah, just demo versions of existing songs. Like that's, that's it. I'm, I'm hoping at some point something surfaces because you know, something always will. Yeah. So it would not be awesome. Chuck must have a load of tapes in a box. Somebody has them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Anything, uh, any last words, uh, Ken? Yeah, no, just uh, just uh, go and appreciate that. Any album, any album you pick up is going to be great, whether whatever style you like, the thrashy death, or if you prefer the progressive death, I, I think you won't go wrong with any of their albums. So no, um, yeah. I just, I guess I like a certain style, but I'm open to all, like you, Billy, I, there isn't one bad album in the bunch. Every album is great. They're all different, all different kinds of players. But I like the fact that if I, if anything, I'll, I'll I'll leave off with this. Like Chuck was a really good, open kind of kind of uh, generous guy. So he would play with anyone. 
So he yeah. basically, you know, he didn't have a lot of help. He did this on his own. And he basically played with a very large select group of players. And I, and I love the fact that the legacy still lives on all these years later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well said. So we'll leave it there. So uh, uh, thank you both uh, for uh, participating today. As we said, lots of fun. Uh, again, special thanks to everyone out there listening to uh, uh, to the podcast. Um, so in terms of next week's podcast, please check it out. Usual time. Uh, we have uh, another killer album. Uh, uh, some band uh, called Iron Maiden. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> uh, with some album. I've never heard killers uh, actually uh, <laughs> yeah. to be discussed. So I think that'll be uh, uh, that'll be another uh, another uh, classic one for uh, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, uh, again, just you know, thanks to all for listening, uh, and uh, we'll uh, close this one out. And uh, I'm sure the three of us will uh, be reunited at at some point in the future. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. All right. Have a good night, gentlemen. Bye-bye.